The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where every week we bust the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding. And today I have with me uh, a guest who's going to talk to you about crying. Now, many of you may know that every time the baby cries, you're thinking that the baby is hungry. And certainly, hungry is one of those possibilities, but it's not the only possibility Parents become very frustrated when their babies cry, and I think you will be totally delighted and amazed at what we have to say Uh, today. My guest is from the Dunstan organization, although Priscilla Dunstan herself is not available, but we are able to have with us as our guest today, Di Bustamante. Di, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so thrilled and honored to be invited to your show. And I just want to tell you that I'm so excited that you are doing these shows and helping professionals and mothers be successful at breastfeeding. I think it's just lovely. Oh, thank you so much. That's certainly the aim. And usually we spend more time busting the myths. I think we've got a few myths today, but uh, we've also got a lot of facts. Di, before we go on, because we had a little glitch just prior to airtime, I didn't get a chance to ask you, how does your family pronounce your last name? Ah, Bustamante. Oh, good. All right. So I was on target? Yes. Excellent. (laughs) You did perfect. (laughs) Well... When you have an Italian name like mine, you sort of can wing it. Uh, Di, I have been very interested to know, and I've been listening to babies cry for more years than I want to admit here. Uh, You talk about there being five different cries, that the baby doesn't have just one cry. He does, in fact, have several, namely five. And we're going to have the listeners have an opportunity to listen to this a little bit earlier in the show, or excuse me, a little bit later in the show. But I'm particularly interested in how did the uh, Dunstan baby language get started? Uh, Great place to start. Well, Priscilla Dunstan is an Australian woman, and she has an amazing ability When she was five years old, she was able to listen to Mozart once and play it back note for note on her violin. So she has like a photographic memory for sound. Yeah. And 
when her son was born, she was able to hear patterns in his cries and then was able to figure out that those cries related to an actual physical need. And by hearing those cries, she was able then to respond appropriately and quickly to what the baby needed, her son needed. And um, uh, they understood that she has this amazing ability to hear and were curious if other parents could hear it in their baby's cries. And they launched on a, a journey of 10 years of studies independent studies okay. in two or three different continents, 20 different cultures, and we're able to discover that all babies have these same cries. Wow. And they call it a language, but it's not, it's not really a language. It's the babies responding to a physical need in an oral way, in a verbal way. And you are telling me that regardless of the culture the babies still had these five different cries. Correct, because it's in response to a physical need. Like the, the cry that indicates hunger, the sucking reflex has kicked in, so the tongue goes to the top of their mouth, and it comes out, neh, neh. And hmm. that's at the beginning of them starting to cry. Uh, Di, does it matter how old the baby is? It's, it's usually up to about three months, and then they start shifting to other ways to communicate. But you can still hear some of the cries because they found that communicating that way gets their needs met. So it usually maxes out at about six months. Wow. All right. So I'm thinking that one of the things that I have a little difficulty with is selling mothers on the idea of being in the same room with their baby during their hospitalization known as rooming in. And I'm thinking that if the mother is really listening to, well, first of all, any kind of listening to her baby is a good thing. But it seems like this would be a really great way to familiarize yourself with the specific type of cry that the baby uh, is exhibiting. Exactly. Uh huh. Uh, one of the intentions of the one of the intentions of this program uh, with new parents is to get them to pay attention to their baby. Uh-huh. Uh, it helps with bonding, connecting. Um, you know, it, it helps promote that parenting style. But it's also helpful for other carers, like in the hospital, because then they can actually tell if the baby is hungry or needs to be burped and act appropriately. Yeah, I'm thinking if this really works, then I want to back up uh, many, many years of my life here. Uh, I remember many years working in a newborn nursery at night, and there was sort of, you know, an unspoken rule that you really wanted babies to just go back to sleep and do whatever you've got to do. But uh, I also remember there were times when I would look at a baby and say, honey, I don't know what's wrong with you. You are fed and burped and, and dry and whatnot. And Yet the baby seemed to have a need, and I'm thinking it would have been a whole lot easier for me if I could have narrowed that down substantially. Di, I want to go back to what you said a minute ago about there being independent research, because I read on Wikipedia, now Wikipedia is not always accurate, but it says that there is no research (laughs) to uh, back up the Dunstan baby language. So uh, set us straight, please. Yeah, there there was some research done. Um, Brown University did some uh-huh. research, 
um, uh, with Barry, Professor Barry Lester, uh, huh? and uh, that was in 2004. And they were able to establish that there are indeed five cries. Uh-huh. Um, and most most of the research was done independently, but the the protocols were assisted by Priscilla's father because he is a professor at a university and, and does research. Um, and then uh, Dr. Maureen O'Hara, I'm sure you're familiar with her. Oh, yes. She has PhD and she... Yeah, and she reviewed the program and thought it was amazing and, and saw how it could be applied and assisted. So she, she reviewed all their, their research. And did they actually have the time or opportunity to get results, or did they just look at, at uh, confirming that, it, in fact, there, is, there are five different cries? Or maybe that's enough. Well, uh, I believe that Priscilla went on to do more and has identified more cries, but I don't have access to that material. I haven't looked it up yet. Apologize for that. Um, but their their studies were over 10 years. They observed over 1,000 babies to classify the five sounds and their meanings, and there were three independent studies proving the efficiency and benefits of DBL. So it was in, um, yeah. It, That's an independent amazing. research organization called the leading edge conducted a commercial scale study in sydney in june and uh, it was repeated in chicago uh and yeah they they found both groups included myths mixed ethnicities and independent academics review and contribute the measures to the non-clinical methodology di can you address how do these if the parent can understand these cries how does this impact breastfeeding? It's pretty amazing, actually. What they have found as the as the program continued is that when babies indicate neck, they actually latch on better. Really? If they if they're indicating, yeah, yeah, because they're hungry, they want to feed. If you're trying to feed them and they want to burp, then the oh, latch isn't quite the same. And we all know that when babies need to burp and they're on the breast, they're pulling away and wiggling right. their little body and, and are uncomfortable. Yes. So it, you get a better latch when they're actually hungry. So we see less cracks or bleeding nipples. Well, I guess that makes a lot of sense because very often we teach parents to look for the oral searching reflex or what I call um, – uh, sucking in the air, and you're telling yes. me that you not only can see some of these clues, you can also hear them, and so right. that seemed to make a lot of sense. Uh, Di, do the babies do this repeatedly? I'm not really sure how to explain what I mean, but uh, yeah. I, I presume that they'll do like a little series and then quiet down for a minute, and then they do another little series? Well, it depends on the child. Each child is unique. And sure. on, on the actual DVD, on the, on the actual video of Dunstan, and, I, and I've included a few cries, but not a lot, you can actually see some babies when they're hungry because of their personality, they'll go, nah, nah. Other babies, when they're hungry because they have a, a more assertive personality, are going, nah, 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 nah. Oh, so oh, some babies oh. are, okay, yeah, I'm I'm hungry. Feed me now. And other babies are demanding you feed me right this minute. I'm hungry. Yes. So it's pretty amazing on on the video that you can see those different personalities 
right from the start. And we all know babies are born with their little personalities. So Di, pretty, I know- pretty amazing you can see it in their cries. Uh, uh, I know that we're going to actually listen to those cries, but in the meanwhile, is it fair for me to say that the N sound, and that's N like Nancy, N like Nomad, N like uh, National, that the N is the thing that the parent should really be cueing into for the hunger piece? Correct. Correct. Now, when, when babies are tired, the yawn reflex kicks in. So it comes out, ow, like O-W-H, ow. And when they need to burp, they're trying to get the wind to come up, and it comes out, uh, eh, like E-H. Uh-huh. Eh, eh, eh. And if you, if you, and babies need to be burped throughout the day. It's not just around a feed that they need to be burped. Sure. And the more often you burp your baby, you see less spit up and less lower wind. Because if the baby needs to burp and you're feeding it, that's either going to get pushed down into lower wind or it's going to come up with the spit up. You totally have my attention here. And I'm absolutely sure that everyone who is listening wants to hear way more that you have to say. Now, when we come back from the break, uh, I'm going to ask you a little bit more about how using the Dunstan baby language affects parents. We've heard a little bit about how useful it is, but let's really talk about how that impacts their interactions with each other and also with their babies. Hey, everybody, do not go away. I'm Marie Biancuto, and I am with my guest today, Di Bustamante, and we will be back right after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. Welcome back to Born to be Breastfed, where every week we bust the myths and clarify the facts. Now, hopefully you were with us during the first segment where my guest, Di Bustamante, told us about how the Dunstan baby language was actually discovered by Priscilla Dunstan with her own son when she noticed that there were five distinct different cries that the baby emits. And we're going to play those for you later. I, I want to explore, though, Di, because you were talking about how the, the cries influence breastfeeding from the standpoint of there's a high likelihood that the baby is going to latch on better because guess what? If he's hungry, yeah, he's going to latch on better. Of course, listeners have also heard me say that it's best to actually not wait until the baby cries, that hopefully we pick up the early hunger cues, but you know, sometimes that doesn't happen or the, the baby goes from being not so hungry to being hungry right away. So I think it's really important to keep, uh, but not only our eyes, but our ears open for these things. So Di, when they've got a, I would hope that parents would be able to feel a little bit more confident when they're looking at the baby, I should say, listening to the baby a little bit more carefully when they feel they've got a little bit of science to kind of get them going with with being a new parent. How does this impact parents and their relationship with the baby or their relationship with each other? Yeah, there, there's a huge impact on that. And I wanted to share a story that one of the mothers wrote in. Okay. Um, she said, uh, the hunger word is the one I've really picked up on. Emily, her baby, feeds really quickly. She'll feed in five minutes. But when she goes to bed a couple, in an hour or a couple hours later, she generally wants to top up. Sometimes she wakes up 10 minutes after I put her down. I used to think it was wind, but now I can hear that she's hungry. And she only wants something like five more sucks, and then she'll go down again. She's a pig. One little burp, and there's a little gap, and she wants that filling up again. I think she settles better at nighttime now. She used to have a terrible screaming match with me from 4 p.m. till 5 p.m. or 6. Now she just has that little feed and goes right back to sleep. Once I put her down, she's not up again. She sleeps for six or seven hours. She also used to munch on the dummy, and I always thought it was wind. Now she'll spit it out and say, nah, 
so I'll know that she's hungry, where I used to think she couldn't possibly be because she fed so well. This doesn't happen so much now because I know, and she's much more peaceful. So this was able, you know, again, each child is individually unique, and by being able to hear what they want, everybody gets happier in the long run. Yes, so that absolutely. that indicates already that they're getting more sleep as a couple, which is always a huge impact. We know that newborns feed every hour and a half to two hours, and uh, that's a huge impact that most parents aren't prepared for. Um, so in, in our class, we talk about preparing for that. You know, get ready now. Get everything sorted out now. Who's going to be doing what and, you know, what's going to change in your relationship um, because once the baby gets here, people most times don't have the patience to discuss those type of issues. So there's a lot of tension when they come home with a newborn and, yes. uh, you know, trying to figure out what they want. And if they have a leg up, they already know what the baby is asking for, um, then it's much easier. There's less stress. Um, I, I love what you said about a leg up. Because it is always my contention that if parents had a little bit more confidence, then they would do a little better. If they do a little better, the baby does a little better, then everybody gets more confident. (laughs) And a leg up is a good idea. Exactly. And Dr. Maureen O'Hara, after reviewing Dunstan, um, she, she indicated that using that reduces the risk of the shaken baby syndrome and assists in the father's bonding. Because the father now can hear the cry as well, and he can assist. And fathers want to be helpful. Sometimes they're they not, do. but they want to be helpful. They want to be involved. And giving them, I found this over the years, you know, just giving them some real simple tips really helps them to become involved in a way that makes them feel better, makes the, the partner better, the baby better, life better. So, Di, back up for a minute here. I really had to just remind myself that there are more than just breastfed babies out there. But does this work with formula-fed babies? They're still going to say, nah. Yes. Okay. They're still going to have the same cries. That doesn't change. Okay. So in in the research that they did, they found that 90% of the mothers reported the system as valuable and would recommend it. 70% 70% reported they could either settle their child faster after using the system. 70% felt more confident as a parent. 50% reported unbroken sleep from themselves and their baby. Yeah, so um, two out of three fathers reported reduced levels of stress, greater paternal involvement in the baby's care, and more positive marital relationships. So you can imagine once that stress is taken off trying to figure out what in the world their baby needs and they're able to to resolve those needs quickly, the baby is going to be happier, crying less, and uh, so that's going to make everybody happy. Di, I want to back up a few minutes. You told us about how it got started with Priscilla Dunstan's own baby and how she was able to delineate those five different cries. But I'm wondering, have I been under a rock for the last 40 years? Because I never heard of the Dunstan baby language until about a year or so ago. And Mm. I'm just wondering, how long has this been around and why aren't more parents latching on to it? No pun intended. Yeah, um, 
you, you asked me a question, and I know the answer, but it, it's, it's not coming to me. Um, the research has been done, and it came out, it was on, in 2004, it was on Oprah Winfrey. Oh, okay. So it's it's been around prior to that. So I'm I'm thinking 2002, 2003. Okay. So certainly I, at least 15 years. Do you find that yes. some parents kind of blow it off and say, "Oh, forget it. This is baloney. Uh, there's no such a thing." Do you run into that? Not really. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, I don't. So, I don't think I've had anybody actually blow it off. Um, okay. I also teach childbirth classes, and I, and I incorporate this into the childbirth class, and uh, it's just stunning. I mean, parents go home; they're much more confident. Second-time parents, they'll say, "Oh, gee, you know, I thought the baby was hungry, but it only needed to burp, and we're getting more sleep." You know, I can really hear the cries now. And some some parents figure it out, but they may not recognize that they've uh, they're actually hearing the cries. And there's other cues as well. Like you said, we know that when a baby is rooting, looking for the breast, licking their lips, um, yeah. you know, fisting uh, with their mouth, we know they're hungry, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. And there's other indicators that they're getting tired. You know, they're, they're as they get a little bit older, they're rubbing their eyes and, and they're yawning and, and um, getting cranky. And, you know, there's other signs as well. And not everybody is auditory. Not everybody Ooh. has that same ear that Priscilla does. Yes. And I know that when I hear ow, which indicates tiredness, I okay. hear it more as ah, A-H, rather than O-W-H. Okay. Um, okay. So I don't have the same ear that Priscilla does either. But it's pretty stunning now when I go to the mall or I'm out in public <laughs> and I hear a baby crying, I know what they need. <laughs> That's, that's just amazing. And so I'm thinking, for instance, that when a baby has to burp, typically mm-hmm. he will kind of throw out his legs and arch his back. Um, so what is the cry that goes along with, and, and the woman that was in your story there, she talked about winding, which, of course, is the word that the British use. Here we would say burping, and we've got listeners on both sides of the ocean here. So uh, what what is the sound that the baby makes when he needs to be uh, when he needs to burp? It's uh, it comes out eh, e h eh, eh. eh, eh. Okay. and it's usually repeated. Okay. Okay, and so we'll hear it several dive, times. Run us, run for us, uh, kind of the whole gamut from top to bottom here. When we come back in the third segment, I want to hear these, and I want to get a little bit clearer, but. I want this firmly established in everybody's mind, mind most of all. So the ne is for hunger. The ow yes. is for tired, tired. right? Yeah. All right. Yep. And the the uh, eh is for stomach issues of some kind. Uh, I, w- I would think burping or whatever. Okay, what are the yes. other two? There's lower wind, which a lot of people call colic, and that comes out uh, air. A, a, a deeper, more discomforting kind of cry. And the last one is a breathy H-E-H, heh, which indicates skin discomfort, which might mean too hot, too cold, or oh. need a nappy change, or they just want to change position. Hmm. Well, so it pretty much covers all their basic physical needs. 
Yeah. And I'm thinking, so parents can learn this, or at least you can teach them prenatally. How long does it take for them to actually integrate that that listening into their caregiving skills after the baby's born? It's immediate. Wow. Yeah, it's immediate. I mean, you. I've attended about 100 births as a doula, and I can hear the cries right from the start. Okay. It's yeah. And, and they're I, they're telling us right from the beginning. It's like an instinct. I, I'm just rifling through my brain here because just today, uh, my office was trying to track down the doula uh, community because we're really trying to uh, see if we can offer them something in the way of lactation education. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, this is such a good marriage between lactation, doulas, parents, so much to learn here. Now, on the other side of the break, everybody, we are going to hear these things that Di has been talking about. So hold on to your hat. (laughs) Listen for the myths and the facts. I'm Marie Biancuzzo. I'm here with my guest, Di Bustamante. We will be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. I'm here today with my guest, Di Bustamante, who is an expert, and I mean an expert, on the Dunstan baby language. So, Di, a lot of people think that babies don't really have a language, and you're saying that, in fact, they have five different cries. They're very verbal responses that indicate some sort of a physical need. I want to go to this business of what a lot of young parents are being told these days, and that is put the baby in a room, let him go to sleep, let him, quote, cry it out, unquote. And my guest was Tracy Castles, oh, I don't know, earlier, two or three months ago, and she talked about how detrimental it is to let the baby cry it out all by himself in a room by himself. And she talked about some of the psychological effects to that. So talk to us a little bit about how the Dunstan baby language, how I would assume that it would help parents to not go down that road of thinking they have to let it, uh, let the baby cry it out. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, it, the the intention of the program is is not to listen to the baby crying and crying and crying, trying to figure out what they're saying, what need they're trying to indicate. We talked about breastfeeding, how there are other signs that they're hungry, and there's other signs that they're tired and and uh, that they need to burp. And um, the the important thing is that you you can attend to them quicker once you sort out the language, because a, a happier baby is going to be one that has their needs met. And uh, I'm sure in your other talk that they talked about how important it is to match your baby's needs quickly and appropriately um, because it affects them their entire lifetime. Um, So if if you can't understand what the baby is saying in the beginning, then we suggest you move the baby to another position so you can hear it, um, look for the other signs, and if if all else fails, go through the checklist. Try to try to match their needs appropriately. There's been a lot of studies out there now that shows that when babies are born, um, that the the brain isn't quite fully developed yet. And Absolutely. It, so there's a lot of connections that are being made between the forebrain and and the hindbrain. And so how we interact with our baby is going to cause either more hindbrain connections, how do I keep myself safe, how do I survive, there's going to be more forebrain connections, more creativity in, in their their brain um, growth. So it is important that we try to match their needs, uh, and their brain will develop in a more appropriate way so that it can be more creative. They don't need to figure out how to survive. 
That is profound because I'm thinking to myself, well, first of all, as you were talking, my brain was racing back to 1963 when I think it was 63 when Eric Erickson wrote his book, Childhood and Society. And he talked about the eight stages of growth. And the first one, of course, is trust versus mistrust. So as Correct. I'm hearing you talk, I'm thinking the the baby, the message the baby would get is, I am safe, all is well, my parent has immediately taken care of whatever it is that's bothering me, so I have my basic needs met, and anybody that has ever tried to do anything creative, <clears throat> like doing a radio show, for example, <laughs> but, you know, seriously, <laughs> if, if I was sitting here worried about where when I was going to get my next meal or if I was going to be able to make it to the ladies' room, I wouldn't be able to do something creative. And the same, I'm sure, is true for babies. So really what we're doing is we're helping to set them up with that situation where they can trust that the parent is going to meet their baby, their basic needs. All right, so Di, let's walk through these, and I want parents to hear these. Thank you so much for offering to share these real-life, real-baby clips here. And talk us through which one is which, What? tell us what it is, and then let us hear it. Okay, yeah, so the first one we're going to listen to, so we're going to listen to them and then talk about it, or no, no, talk let's, about it and well, then play it? No, no, let's introduce it, and then we'll hear it, and then we can talk about it. Okay, so let's do ne first, which is hunger. Okay. So hunger, uh, again, the the sucking reflex has kicked in, and the tongue has gone to the top of the mouth, and uh, so that N sound is being made, the ne. You might hear na or ne, but it's the N sound that we're focusing on. Okay. And what's the next so one? The, the second one is indication of tired, which is uh, ow, O-W-H. So we'll listen to that one now. And again, ow is uh, the yawn reflex has kicked in. And you can also see an oval mouth when they're doing that. And when, when you hear ow, then you know it's time to um, comfort your baby, help them, you know, slip into sleep. Some parents, and I've had dads say this in my class, but tell me, well, if they're tired, why don't they just go to sleep? <laughs> well, what they, need to, <laughs> what they need to understand is that babies have to learn how to do everything. Yeah. Yeah. They don't know how to go to sleep on their own. They don't know how, well, they do know how to latch on the breast in the beginning, hence the, the breast, breast crawl. Um, but they don't know how to burp, how to get it up on their own. And they figure this out after a while. Parents have to teach them everything, all those basics. So the next one would be eh, which is indicating that they need to burp. So we'll listen to that now. So okay. what they're doing is they're tightening their 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 stomach muscles and trying to get the wind to come up so it's coming out eh, eh, eh. And again, the, you know, in, in the classes, we, we teach parents how to burp their babies. 
know, you can right. pat them on the back. You can lay them over your knee. You know, there's trying different positions. Um, sitting on the, yeah. those Pilates balls is brilliant and kind of yeah. bouncing up and down because that kind of helps the wind come up as well. Okay. And that's, that's a real important one, again, repeating myself, but we see less spit up and less lower wind, more less colicky kind of cries when we burp our babies more often. Okay. And then the, the next one, uh, which is the one that's the most disturbing to parents, is that colicky kind of cry that comes out as air. And uh, they're trying to get that lower wind out. Again, they don't know how to pass wind. So you, you have to assist them to, to do that. And again, trying to avoid that colicky kind of cry is burping them more often. Okay. It's very helpful. Guy, I don't want to interrupt too much here because I want to get to the last one. But I do want to ask you, are we more likely to hear that air that is typical of the colicky kid, are we more likely to hear that after the first month or so of life? It can, it can start really quickly if the baby's not getting burped enough. Okay. It can start right. earlier. Yeah. And what's the last one? And the last one is heh. So we'll listen to that now. <laughs> and the hair cry is, uh, again, indicating that um, either they're too hot or too cold. They might need a nappy change. Maybe they just want to change position. They're tired of being in that position. But mostly it's, it's uh, in, in response to um, a skin uh, discomfort. So okay. uh, finding out the right temperature in the room is part of the parenting class. Um, nappy change, I, I, I have a real fun way of teaching parents how to change nappies and, and understanding baby's poo because uh-huh. it's always a little bit different. It starts out kind of looking like Vegemite, so I put Vegemite in their nappy uh, on, the, on the baby dolls that they're practicing in class. And okay. uh, something green like Kaya or um, Pesto to be the transition poo and then mustard. So the parents all find that very entertaining as they... Open up the nappy yeah, and learn how that. to change nappies. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, what about when you say skin discomfort, the thing that jumps out at my mind is, what about a baby who might, for example, have uh, something like eczema, or some people say eczema? Uh, yes. Then would they, would they exhibit this half cry also? Yes. yes. The, the, a mother wrote in a story that, her son was saying he 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 all the time, and she couldn't sort it out. She'd take his clothes off, and he'd be happy. She put the clothes back on, and he would be he he he. And she finally oh. sorted out that it was the soap she was using doing the laundry. She had to change the soap because it was irritating his skin. But she made the connection between the idea that his he 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 cry was related to the skin. And it wasn't necessarily a dirty diaper. It was a, a, a condition on the skin that was provoked by the soap that she was using on the clothes. Well, Correct. I'll be dipped. Boy, you know, I this is just, I cannot tell you how many kids I've handled in my life. And I, I wish I had known, I'm, I wouldn't have even had to be a real big believer. If I could have been just a little bit of a believer, 
I think I could have been a believer the rest of the way. I, I, I mean, <laughs> it's just so fascinating to me that uh, truly there's a part of me thinking, ah, come on, you know, there's research, but does this really work in real life? And you're telling me, yes, you have seen this. Yes, you have seen parents see this, and the parents can learn this fairly readily, presumably when they come to your class, Di, yes? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. again, some some people are not auditory, so then you teach them the visual cues. I mean, they should know all of the cues, right? They need the, yeah. everything in yeah. their toolbox. Sure. Um, but how great that, that we really, t- yeah, I guess maybe that's what I would want to say, is that I don't want to tell parents, don't listen to all of the visual cues that I've been giving you for the last three years, but rather to say this is another way that you have in your toolbox to figure out how to help your baby. Uh, hey, everybody, Absolutely. do not go away. Um, I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm here with Di Bustamante. We will be right back after the short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash good donor. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where I don't know about you, but I have learned a whole bunch of things that I can do to better clue in to what's going on with babies when they cry. So let's talk a little bit more about these sounds. What happened with... What about if the parent says, well, I don't know, I didn't hear all of those cries, or I only heard a few, or I'm not sure that I've heard them all or can distinguish them all? What would you say? Well, not all babies are going to indicate all, they're not going to have all of the cries. Like, okay. my son, my son never cared if his nappy was dirty. I never heard heh. <laughs> now, with, with my daughter, I heard it all the time because her skin was more sensitive and she wanted her nappy changed immediately if, if she had wet her nappy. So you might not hear all the cries. You might also hear a combination of the cries. So if a baby oh. is tired but wants to comfort suck to fall asleep, you're going to hear ow, 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 neh, ow. Okay? So you act on the dominant cry. You, you help them get to sleep, but you either give them a dummy or allow them to suckle at the breast. All right. Uh, uh, for those yep. of you in the U.S., when she said dummy, uh, she means a, what we would generally call pacifier. Yes. Okay. And so you're saying then these combinations can occur, and then sometimes the baby, in fact, it sounds like your daughter didn't ever say, heh, because skin discomfort just wasn't one of her issues, period, end of story, Right. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So there've got to be, Di, you've worked with, I I cannot imagine how many parents you've worked with. Aren't there parents that are just a little slow on the uptake and how do you reassure them or uh, help them in any way? Well, the, with the, with the course, um, you can either take a class or you can go online and you can, you can get the, the, the video so you can see and hear and learn. Um, you just keep repeating it. I believe there's also an app that you can download that, you know, it will interpret the baby's cry for you. Oh, cool. Oh, that is very cool. All righty. Uh, are there other benefits? It's repetition, basically. I'm sorry, what? It's repetition. Repetition. Okay. So would you be willing to say that all parents, sooner or later, can indeed interpret these five different cries? I, w- I would think so, yes. I mean, if you, yeah. the, one of the points of the, the program is that you cue into your baby. You pay attention to your baby. You, you know, you're focused on them so that you can learn what it is that they're indicating they need. 
Sure. And that's, that's one of the premises. Now, one of the other benefits of this course is that it comes with a, um, a little chart. So you can chart when the baby is crying and oh, what nice. it is they're okay. saying. So every time it says, nah, you write it down. You put it on the little chart. Then you get to see their patterns. And once you understand their patterns, you know that, you know, uh, some babies are, are cluster feeders. They'll feed every hour for three hours, and then they'll sleep for two hours, and then every hour for three hours, and then they'll sleep three hours. So each child has their own pattern. Some babies, it's every hour and a half, like clockwork. So you get to understand their patterns. You get to understand when you have free time. Okay. This also right. helps with the relationship of the couple. They understand when they have time for themselves. And it, it seems to me that what you're saying is you've never bumped into a couple that just totally can't do this. Correct. Okay. Everybody, sooner or later, with your help, with a little persistence, with a little bit more care, a little bit more being in tune with their baby... Talk about in tune. I mean, this is literally being in tune with your baby. Uh, it, it seems like everybody can get it. This is not rocket science here. Correct. So typically, how long does it take a parent before they really feel confident that they can do this? An hour, a day, a week? I'm sure it varies from one parent to the other, but give us some parameters here. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, um, it, it's going to vary from parent to parent and, and their ability to focus and their, their desire to, to learn it. Um, sure. But the, the course that I teach is two, two-and-a-half-hour sessions, and most parents then, and it's always prenatal, um, and then once they give birth, they're good to go. They have the, the, the video, they can watch it over and over, or it, they, they pick up on it right away. Because it, it, after listening to the cries, to me, it, it's so clear what those cries are. Okay. Okay. So, Di, I know that you are in Arizona, and I know that we have listeners literally all over the world in multiple different countries. But let's say that we live in Arizona and we want to come to your course. How do we find Di Bustamante? Uh, my, my website is pinehypnotherapy.com. I'm also a hypnotherapist. I also teach um, hypnobirthing. Um, and that, that goes with that course, so they could do, do it that way, um, is to go to my website. The other thing is that I travel the world teaching certification classes for professional. Um, oh, I'm very blessed. My son is a pilot, so I fly at really discounted rates. Love that. Oh. Thank you, Wesley Thomas. Oh. And um, so I travel teaching the certification course, and I'll also go and teach parents, because it's only um, two, two-and-a-half-hour classes for Dunstan, and I'm happy okay. to come and spend a week somewhere. <laughs> I love to travel. So you do training for both the parents and the professionals, literally all Correct. over the world. And Correct. I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is just getting better and better because she also does hypnobirthing. And we had someone come on and talk about hypnobirthing earlier this year. But okay. I just want to say for those of you who think that it's like some crazy thing. You're just wrong because hypnobirthing is fabulous. And there is also a book on my website where uh, it, it's Marie Mangan's book. And I would strongly yeah. suggest that if you've not considered hypnobirthing and if you've not considered a doula, you need to consider both of those because all of this stuff is all wrapped up together with parenting and breastfeeding and getting baby off to a good start. Wow, this has it, been it, just 
tremendously fascinating. And I would also like to just remind people that I think we will be able to feature the DVD. I'm not sure, but we will absolutely endeavor to do that. Meanwhile, I would just like to thank you so much. Thank you, Di Bustamante, for being my guest today and talking about the Dunstan baby language. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Well, I would like to thank all of you for listening as well. If we, if it weren't for the listeners, we wouldn't have a show. So thank you so much, everyone. And if you're interested in the books or other media that was mentioned on this show or on previous shows, check out my Amazon affiliate store, which is on my uh, uh, on my website. I was thinking, what have I got here? Uh, my website is borntobebreastfed.com. And check out my Facebook page. And if you liked die today by all means please like us on the site and also if you are a professional and you are looking for continuing education about breastfeeding and lactation remember i'm your source for evidence-based practice and education on the web and sometimes in your city my courses and tons of resources and my blog and much more are all on my professional website and that website is breastfeedingoutlook.com Dot com. Again, professionals, breastfeedingoutlook.com, parents, born to be breastfed.com. And my, I have a blog on both sites. Be sure to read those. I'm Marie Biancuto. I promise I will help you to cut through the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding next time, uh, next Monday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do what's best for you and your baby. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.